Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T, to my loyal subs, members, and Patreons. Hi there, I hope you're having a fantastic day. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Let me just ask that if after watching the video you find you enjoyed it or learned something, please smash the like button. And if you want to support the work I do here, please consider a Patreon membership. I'll leave a link in the description. Now, let's get started. The wife of alleged serialist Rex Hewerman, her name is Asa Ellerup, and her two adult children were seen again outside their now notorious family home in Massapequa Park, Long Island, this past Friday. Ellerup, who's been hanging out on the front porch with her adult son, Christopher, and on Friday with her father as well, has made it clear that she doesn't want to talk with reporters or gawkers, and really can't because the investigation into her soon-to-be ex-husband's case is ongoing. Last Thursday, she used body language to convey her message, flipping off reporters in no uncertain terms. Friday, she seemed a little more pleasant and told people out there, quote, if you want to take pictures, go ahead. I'm okay with it now. She also went on to say, quote, the sheer depression of what I I saw was enough trauma, end quote. People are now speculating on what she meant by that. I'm thinking she was referring to the evidence that the police showed her when they turned up at the family home one hour after her husband was arrested on a street in midtown Manhattan. The police turned up at the family home in Massapequa Park to let the family know what Hewerman had just been arrested for. Ellerup reportedly said that day, okay, well, it is what it is. Lord only knows what the police showed her. Was it that belt with the letters WH, likely for Hewerman's grandfather, William Hewerman, that was left at one of the victim's burial sites? Or was it something even more damning and possibly more horrific? I was thinking it odd that she and her kids were sitting on the front porch because they were indicating they wanted to be left alone. But now I'm thinking maybe the only pleasant place right now to take a break is on the front porch. Investigators spent 12 days inside that house and in the backyard, digging through everything, the dirt, cutting into the walls, maybe removing floorboards. Serialists are known to take trophies from victims and keep them in secret places inside their homes or nearby. Dennis Rader, BTK, had a hidden secret compartment under a piece of furniture in the home he shared with his wife and two kids where he kept his trophies. Investigators also may have used chemicals to look for blood spatter in the home, and I've heard that they don't necessarily clean up the mess they've made before their white CSI trucks drive away. And it does look like the family of three is having to put the house back in order. That's either going to be a cathartic process or an agonizing one. They are likely still processing the news of the disgusting and brutal behaviors Hewerman is accused of and wondering if any victims died inside their house. I've said previously that I couldn't spend one night in that place, but I didn't factor in the what if I didn't have the money to stay anywhere else and going back there was my only option scenario. In that case, I'd have to suck it up. 
I don't think Ellerup has tons of choices right now, and I'm wondering if the police have offered any compensation to her for hotel rooms that they had to pay for or for cleanup after that extensive search of their house. It's not the family's fault that Rex Hurman was living a double life, allegedly. I mean, this guy's wife and kids are victims of his crimes as well now that they know about them alleged crimes, let me say that again, because he hasn't been tried and convicted. Ellerup is also likely trying to figure out how to pay the bills now that the breadwinner is in jail and maybe living in prison for the rest of his life. It's not easy to reinvent yourself at age 59 and go back into the workforce after not being in it for so long. Ellerup reportedly didn't work and had to supervise her adult son who has a disability. Talk about pressure. We'd all look as exhausted as she does if we just found out what she did about our spouses or significant others. On Friday, a daring reporter broke Ellerup's request to be left alone by asking if she would be interested in a GoFundMe page that one of her friends has apparently been trying to set up. Ellerup replied, yeah, it would be very helpful. I'm sure many people would say, send your donations to the victims' families instead. I get that. But I do think that if these three people had zero clue about Hewerman, then they're in a very bad place as well. Also occurring on Friday, Ellerup's lawyer, Bob Macedonio, issued a press release stating that Ellerup and her kids are, quote, enduring a profound and indescribable catastrophe. I think the way that that was worded perfectly describes what we're seeing etched in Ellerup's face. The arrest of Rex Hewerman is a catastrophe for their family in so many ways. The man you perhaps loved as your husband is now as good as dead. The guy you called your dad is also gone forever. He's in that jail cell, but he's not the same guy you thought you knew. An hour after Rex Hewerman was arrested and detained in New York City, police showed up at the family home there. Ellerup's attorney described that moment as they were home and the cops came in and they were completely blindsided and they told them what was going on. End quote. Macedonia went on to say that the ordeal is all still a whirlwind for the family. He stated of Ellerup, quote, her and her children's lives have been completely turned upside down, end quote. In the press release, Ellerup pleaded for normalcy. Normalcy? Normalcy. Okay, I don't know how to say that. She wrote, on behalf of my family, and especially my elderly neighbors who have also had their lives turned upside down by the enormous police presence, in addition to spectators and news crews, they deserve to live peacefully. They should also be able to walk their dogs and go to the grocery store without cameras shoved in their faces. I am pleading with you all, give us space so that we may regain normalcy in our neighborhood, end quote. Personally, I was shocked to see the family back at that house. I had assumed they would not live there ever again after learning what their family member was accused of, and that it's also possible that one victim at the very least was harmed in that house. Also, I wondered how comfortable they would feel in their neighborhood now that everyone is looking at them differently, and I'm pretty sure the interior of that house is a disaster. What was their sanctuary is no more. 
and what was their husband and father is no more. Yes, their world has been turned upside down, and their disbelief and shock are likely turning into sadness and anger as we speak. I would not want to be in their shoes, and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want to be either. I feel for them. Moving on to how Rex Hewerman is being described by former classmates who went to school out in Massapequa Park with him. They described him as an awkward loner who really scared them and who got picked on a lot. Interesting that the classmates would say that he was scary, but yet that he was picked on. I'm seeing shades of Brian Koberger here. He was bullied as well, but I don't recall anyone saying they found him scary back then. Burner High School graduate John Parisi told the New York Times, quote, I was really scared of him, meaning Rex Hewerman. He was the type of guy, if he snapped, he could really hurt you. He was disillusioned and he was misguided. You had to be very careful, end quote. Parisi went on to say that Hewerman was a gangly adolescent and also, quote, everyone's punching bag. Parisi stated, he got picked on a lot. He would take it and walk away. I seen him push to his limit, end quote. Parisi remembered a specific incident when a then preteen Hewerman was singled out and set upon by cruel sixth grade classmates. Their physical bullying of him only stopped when a teacher showed up. But per Parisi, students continued to make fun of Hewerman well into high school. Another classmate named Don Opfels told the New York Times that Rex Hewerman was a recluse and very quiet. Opfels stated, quote, When I heard they arrested him, I wasn't surprised at all. And fellow Burner classmate John DeMacoli recalled trying to get Hewerman to join in on his friend's street hockey game, but Hewerman refused. DeMacoli said, quote, just didn't want any part of it. He didn't want any part of sports. He didn't want any part of anything, end quote. So in this way, Hewerman also differs from Brian Koberger. Koberger was said to be desperate to be part of the IT group at school, and he also participated in that police training program. Another classmate of Hewerman's said, quote, he didn't have the social skills to hold a conversation, just a very weird character. He had a mean streak in him, end quote. Classmates of Koberger did say that at one point he switched from being bullied and he became the bully. We heard about another classmate of Hewerman who alleged that he almost killed her when he changed the weights on the pulleys used to open the curtains for the school's drama club production of Arsenic and Old Lace. A childhood acquaintance of Hewerman named Dan Musto agreed that he was an outcast. Musto also said that everyone at school knew that Hewerman had a difficult home life and frequently clashed with his father, particularly after he, Rex, was allegedly busted for shoplifting. Rex the adult was also busted, although not arrested, for stealing those oranges at the local Whole Foods. Sounds like his deviant behaviors started early and just kept growing. Musto said it was common knowledge that Hewerman was fighting with his dad, but of course all that stopped when Hewerman's father died in 1975 when Rex was 12. I need to find out what Rex's father died of. I hate to think that Rex as a child could have somehow caused his father's death. 
pure speculation. It just popped into my head. You just never know with a guy who's allegedly committed the crimes that he has. And actor Billy Baldwin, who graduated from Burner alongside Huerman in 1981, also remembered him from middle school. Baldwin said, quote, He was a bit shy, a bit insecure, a bit uncomfortable. I wouldn't say he was an outcast, but he struggled to fit in and to find his crowd. Yeah, I'm sure, Billy Baldwin, because you definitely, I would guess, were in the popular group. You probably didn't want to hang out with awkward Rex. I'm really thinking that kids who bully other kids in school should be told about people like Brian Koberger, Rex Hewerman, and those two kids who shot up Columbine High School. I mean, if you know that some kids who are mercilessly bullied in school go on to become serialists, perhaps to exact revenge, you might think twice before making fun of them. Don't poke the bear, kiddos. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Now smash that like button and I'll see you soon. Um, I, the seller of I understand. I, you know, I was talking to one of your friends, uh, Ms. Ellerup, uh, a longtime friend, and she wanted to put together maybe a GoFund for you. Would that be something of interest? Would that be helpful? Yeah. Okay. I actually... Um, okay. I'm going to actually reach out. Okay. Thank you.